podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast on Tuesday, December 21st, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix, or if you're a UK expat, BBC iPlayer, ITV Hub, all while keeping your data safe. So wherever you are, if you want to access those things, just set your location. It'll keep your data safe and you'll get to watch whatever it is you've been blocked from watching. LibertyShield.com. Use the code EPL599. That's EPL599. You get your first month for one quid. After that, it is $6.99 a month, but there is no contract. LibertyShield.com, the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the code EPL10 on the EPL shop, RED10 on the Anfield Index shop. You get 10% off at checkout. Etsy are having issues with codes, so if you do want to make a purchase and the code won't work, make the purchase and then tweet either EPL Index or Anfield Index. Let them know you've made a purchase. They'll follow you. You can DM them with the code, the transaction code, and they'll refund you the difference. That's the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Right, folks, so we will start today with the news. Obviously, a bit of a quiet one today. No Premier League football until Boxing Day or St. Stephen's Day, depending on where you're from. Um, but there is Carabao Cup. So we've got some Carabao Cup games tonight. The quarterfinal stage has been reached. Eight teams left. And tonight we have Arsenal playing host to Sunderland. And Brentford playing host to Chelsea. You would imagine that Arsenal will play a rotated squad. That they'll rest some key players. But they should still have enough for League One Sunderland. Especially at home. A long, long journey down for Sunderland. Unfortunately for them. And then Brentford versus London. Local derby. Should be fairly feisty. The league match between the two of them this season was very entertaining. Brentford should have gotten at least a draw from the game, but Chelsea did hang on for the win. Chelsea have hit a bit of a bad run in the league this, at the moment. It'll be interesting to see what team Tuchel puts out because obviously they've got some injury issues and some COVID issues. Now, Brentford themselves also have a bunch of injuries and their form in the league has been spotty. 
over the last couple of, well, the last, say, two months, really. Uh, for Brentford, Ayer not expected back until January. Ivan Tony has COVID. Ethan Pinnock has COVID. Zanka not expected to be fit for tonight. David Rea out long term. Jan Veer, he's out for a while. And Josh De Silva has been out all season. But their issues pale in comparison to Chelsea. Kai Havertz is ill. Ruben Loftus-Cheek has an injury. He could be back for tonight. They're hopeful they might have him and maybe Havertz back. But Lukaku's got COVID. Timo Werner has COVID. Callum Hudson-Odoi has COVID. Trevo Chalaba is injured. Hakim Ziyech is injured. Jorginho is injured. Andreas Christensen is injured. And Ben Chilwell obviously is out with the torn ACL. So Tuchel has has decisions to make here. I mean, he was quite vocal in his complaints about having to play the Wolves game. I don't think he's going to be overly happy about this game tonight. But if he plays a, a strong team, is he being a hypocrite? That's a decision he'll have to make. We could well see a number of young players get an opportunity, in which case that might give Brentford a real advantage in this one. It'd be great to see Brentford make a cup semi-final, but you'd have to make Chelsea favourites, not knowing what the teams will be. If Chelsea play a strong team, they should win the game. But Tuchel may well decide to just play a bunch of kids and keep his senior pros back for the the Christmas, the rest of the Christmas games in the league. Interesting one to watch. I think that'll be the better of the two games. Um, nothing against Sunderland, but I don't really want to watch a League One team. Um, for Arsenal, Lakonga is out, Pablo Mari is out, Kalasnic is out, and obviously they've got a doubt over Tommy Yasu, so Cedric could start at right back. Don't have any injury news for Sunderland, I'm afraid. Uh, nothing against them, and I'd like to see them back in the Premier League in a couple of years, but for now, they're not somebody I'm paying a whole lot of attention to. Um, we have press conferences ongoing. Liverpool did a press conference this morning. Uh, Pep and Linders, who will likely kind of coach the team for the League Cup, as has been the case in recent years. Uh, he said Liverpool have left the Spurs draw behind. It isn't easy going to Spurs having lost your spine and then losing your captain on match day, but we leave everything else behind. Liverpool won't rush COVID quartet back. Virgil van Dijk, Thiago, Fabinho and Curtis Jones were all ruled out. Uh, they're still isolating. When they come back, they will have to take part in training for a couple of days before they're risked in games. Uh, Henderson had a cold. So, yeah, that's why he missed out. So he'll uh, they're hoping he'll be back potentially for tomorrow night's game against Leicester in the League Cup. But if not, then certainly for the Leeds game just after Christmas. We love the intensity but have to respect recovery. So Liverpool obviously have been quite vocal about their dislike of the heavy Christmas schedule. That's just the way it is in England. And... You knew that's what it, how it was long before you came to the country. It's long been pointed out that England have the heaviest winter schedule of any of the leagues. 
you can't really complain about it once you've taken the job. If you know it about in advance, you can't really complain about it. Uh, Linder sees opportunities for youngsters to grow. Premier League clubs have been told to use their younger players to fulfil fixtures and academy boss Pep and Linders, sorry, assistant boss Pep and Linders has no qualms about using Liverpool's academy players. We always relied on them. It's one of our ideas inside the club. So Liverpool could play the likes of Cade Gordon or at least have them involved in the match day squad for future games. Uh, he's talked about the schedule. Mark Clattenburg has come out and said Andy Robertson is looking to be walking after the horrendous tackle by Harry Kane. And he is correct. Uh, notable that Jurgen Klopp has not been sanctioned by the FA or the Premier League for his comments about Paul Tierney and the comments he made to Paul Tierney. Alan Shearer has said the standard of refereeing is unacceptable and he's urged head of referees Mike Riley to take responsibility for the level of refereeing decisions in recent Premier League matches. Obviously, we saw not just the Liverpool-Spurs game, but we saw the bizarre incident in the Newcastle-Man City game. You go back to the midweek games, you saw the ridiculous handball given against Wolves. It was never a hand- oh, it wasn't with midweek games. It was the week before the ridiculous handball that was given against Germatino and various other decisions. So, yeah, I think I think Shearer is right. the The standard of refereeing is unacceptable. That's nothing new. We we've known about this for a long time. The standard of refereeing has been awful for a number of years now. But at the same time, what are we expecting with Mike Riley in charge? Seriously. Uh, Newcastle have written to the Premier League to question recent refereeing decisions that went against them. Um, fair. Fair. I I definitely think Madison dived. Um, the Isaac Hayden lying on the floor when Jota scores the equaliser against Liverpool. I mean... Let's be fair, he, he didn't have a head injury. He wasn't hurt. But he was still on the ground. And normally that get, the game would be stopped in that circumstance. And then obviously the Ederson on Ryan Fraser won at the weekend. There's always clubs and fans of clubs who think that the world is against them. That there's an agenda against them. Like recently I've seen Spurs, the last couple of days... Spurs fans, oh, Sky hate us. Why? Like, not to be condescending, you've never been relevant enough for Sky to really hate you. Like, you've never won the Premier League. You haven't even come close to it. You finished third in a two-horse race one year when you should have won the title ahead of Leicester because you had by far the best team. It's not Sky's fault or anyone else's fault that you underachieved. It's just not. Newcastle are awful. With or without referees, Newcastle are awful. And things haven't gotten a whole lot better under Eddie Howe. You know, the football's a little bit better. A little bit better. It's not massively improved. But it is a little bit better. But at the same time, you know, you look at... Look at things like, you know, goals per game, goals conceded per game, points per game. And it's not really great for Newcastle under any of the managers. 
So under Bruce, they had played eight games in the Premier League this season. They scored 1.25 goals per game. Ten in eight games. Graham Jones took charge of three games and scored two goals. 0.66 per game. Eddie Howe, they scored six goals in seven games. 0.85 per game. So they were better going forward under Bruce. Now, admittedly, Howe has played City and Liverpool. And I think Jones was in charge of the Chelsea game. Goals conceded. Bruce conceded 19 in eight games. That's 2.37 per game. Jones conceded five in three, 1.66 per game. And Eddie Howe, 17 and seven, 2.42 per game. So in terms of both goals scored and goals conceded, they've gotten worse under Eddie Howe than they were under Steve Bruce. Defensively, they've been they've been awful under Eddie Howe. Um, points per game. Under Bruce, they took three points from eight games. 0.37 points per game. That's shocking. That's about 13 points over the course of Premier League season. Uh, Eddie Howe took, or sorry, Graham Jones took two points from his three games in charge, two draws and a victory. Um, 0.66 points per game. So that would get you about 27 points across the course of a season. And how five points from seven games, 0.071. No, sorry, 0 0.71. 0.71 per, per game. That's about 30 points in a season. Newcastle have been dreadful this season, regardless of who's been in charge. And how, what he did have City and he did have Liverpool, he also had Norwich and Burnley. So he had the other two teams in the bottom three as well. So it does balance itself out. And three of his five points came in that win against Burnley. Things haven't gotten better under Eddie Howe. And while, yes, you have had a couple of bad decisions go against you, and that questionable shout in the Liverpool game, that's not the reason you are where you are. You are where you are because you've been awful. Genuinely. You are where you are because you've been awful. Uh, Manchester United have confirmed that their players have started to return to training on a staggered basis after their last two Premier League games were postponed. The Carrington training complex was closed for first-team operations last week due to a COVID-19 outbreak at the club, but opened again earlier today. So United's next game is the 27th. The players will have had a nice break leading into that one. And um, you'd assume they'll be fairly fresh. If you saw the Spurs players against Liverpool having had the better part of two weeks off, it you know, it's unfortunate the circumstances, but it does help. No more Premier League games have been postponed since the weekend, so none of the Boxing Day games affected yet. But the championship game between Reading and Peterborough is the latest to be called off. Three championship games and five in League Two that were scheduled for December 26th will have to be rearranged. And uh, Nabi Keita has been named in the Guinea squad for the African Cup of Nations. 
Fulham have spoken out against the race, racial abuse one of their players received on social media following their 1-0 defeat by Sheffield United. Um, the championship leaders have failed to win any of their five, their, the last five games. We're going to get to them in a minute, actually. I wanted to have a little chat about them, uh, Sheffield United and West Brom, the three teams that went down from the Premier League last year. Uh, so that's up to date on those. Uh, the FA Cup will scrap the third and fourth round replays to help with the fixture congestion. Let's be fair, they should be scrapped anyway. Replays are just a pain in the backside. Have them for cup semi-finals and a cup final. But even then, I wouldn't be in favour of them. The Premier League and EFL clubs will attempt to fulfil the fixture list amid record positive COVID-19 results. So it came out of the meeting yesterday. They've decided to carry on with the season. Clubs have been advised if they have 13 fit players plus a goalkeeper, they should fulfill their games. So some of the games that were called off already wouldn't have been called off based on that. Teams are going to have to use young players. We may even see some emergency signings being allowed uh, after January. But it looks like they're going to try and carry on regardless. There's plans being put in place, allegedly, for games we played without fans in attendance, which isn't ideal. No one enjoys that. But if it gets them through the season, it gets them through the season. Uh, on Monday, Premier League figures showed that 77% of all players in the top flight had their were, were double-vaxxed. Uh, 84% have had at least one of their vaccination shots. If staff were included in the analysis, the figure rises to 92%. Um, so it is slowly climbing, slowly climbing in the Premier League. There have been greater adherence to it in the German League, the Italian League, the Spanish League. But slowly but surely, the Premier League is getting done. Uh, from Manchester City, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish have been warned over their conduct by Pep Guardiola after they were left out of City's 4-0 win win, over Newcastle on Sunday. The England pair were pictured on a night out after City's 7-0 win over Leeds five days before. Interesting. Speaking after the 4-0 win at St. James's Park, Guardiola hinted that Foden and Grealish had not been rested. I pay a lot of attention to behaviour on and off the pitch, and when the off-pitch behaviour is not proper, they are not going to play. So they have to be focused all the time because the distractions in the Christmas time and everything that happens, you still have to be focused. Um, This isn't the first time either of these have been punished for misbehaviour. Foden obviously was with the England squad and was out gallivanting with Mason Greenwood. Got himself in some trouble there. Grealish has a bit of a track record of this stuff and you remember at the start of lockdown he was found passed out or something and his car was found lobbed up in a footpath or whatever it was and 
look, they're young lads. They do need to be, a, you know, a bit more mature, especially Grealish, who's 26. Foden's only 21. We all did very stupid things when we were 21. But Grealish is 26 and needs to behave a bit more like a man rather than a boy. Um, right, wanted to check in quickly on the three relegated teams from last season before we go to our break. Obviously, Sheffield United went down in 20th position and they are currently sitting 11th in the championship. They have recently changed manager. They appointed Slavisa Jukanovic in the summer, somewhat of a promotion specialist, had brought Fulham and Watford into the Premier League. Uh, but things did not go well for him and he was replaced by Paul Heckenbottom. As things stand, they are on a four-game winning streak. That started under Jukanovic, but Heckenbottom has won his first three games in charge, beating Sheffield United, uh, sorry, be- beating Sheffield United, beating Bristol, beating Cardiff, and beating Fulham last night, a very impressive manner. They've been really inconsistent this season, Sheffield United. Didn't win any of their first five, only one of their first seven. And then they went through a spell where they only won two of nine. So not overly surprising that Jukanovic did not see out the season. Uh, Through the 19 games he was in charge of, they won six, uh, drew five, and lost eight. So you can understand the decision to move on, even though it might seem a little bit harsh. And I did think at the time, that it was a little bit, a little bit quick. Uh, you can kind of understand why they've they've made the decision they did. Some interesting players in that squad. They've obviously got Robin Olsen there now, brought in on loan to replace Aaron Ramsdale. He spent last season with Everton. Uh, he's their first choice goalkeeper. George Baldock, Enda Stevens. Chris Basham still playing regular. Uh, Jaden Bogle playing more of a role this season, which is good. Ben Davies in on loan from Liverpool, uh, having a big impact for them. Jack O'Connell still not back. So that's been a big blow to them. John Fleck, despite the issue he had, uh, he's played a huge role. Sander Berger not playing nearly enough. Uh, Ollie Norwood, Ben Osborne playing big roles, as is Ilman Ndaye. And then up front, they're rotating heavily, but Billy Sharp is the main man once again. Six goals in 22 prem- uh, championships appearances, 15 of them starts. Rian Brewster has finally started to score a few goals. He's got two in 10 championship appearances, three in all competitions. He's their joint second, sorry, joint third top scorer. Morgan Gibbs-White having a really good season for them, five goals in 16 games in on loan from Wolves. So as things stand, they don't look great value for a return to the Premier League, you know, straight back up. But the championship is really close. It's really tight. They are only three points off QPR, who are fifth. And if you can string together a run of results, you can launch up the table. You look at Blackburn Rovers currently sitting there in third place. It's not all that long ago there was calls for him to be fired. Championship is such an unpredictable league. Fulham are top. They haven't won in five. Bournemouth are second. They haven't won in five. You look all the way down at poor old Derby County, 
who would have 25 points from their 22 games played. Five wins, 10 draws, only seven defeats. They would have 25 points. They would be 19th. But they've been deducted 21 points this season. That is, it's so unfair on the players and on the manager, whose fault it is not. It's really unfair on the fans, obviously. But Mel Morris ran that club in such a bad way. And yet doesn't get criticised for it. Doesn't get a word of criticism. If that was a foreign owner, he'd be getting absolutely flailed. Um, But yeah, Rooney's, to be fair to him, despite the fact that they are 10 points adrift at the bottom of the table, he actually has done a decent job. Like I said, they would be 19. It's not great, but it's decent. You you look through the league. So Fulham, Bournemouth, Blackburn, West Brom, QPR, Stoke. Sorry, the top five and Coventry and Millwall, who are 12th. They are the only teams who've lost less games than Derby this season. Derby have drawn the most games in the division. They just haven't been able to turn draws into wins, but they're really tough to beat. They've only conceded 21 goals, which is the joint fourth best defense in the league. Now they have only conceded, uh, they have only scored 18, which is the second worst in the league. They're kind of wolves, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, Rooney, to his credit, is doing a decent enough job. Uh, West Brom obviously went down as well. They currently sit fourth in the table. Valerian Ishmael has done pretty well, although he's not all that popular with the fan base because the style of football isn't great. But they've only conceded 17 goals so far this season. That's the best in the division. Uh, they have only scored 30, which isn't great, um, of teams in the top half. There's five with more goals than them. But still, they're they're a good team. If they got a goal scorer in, you do feel like they'd be great value to come back up. They're only two points behind Bournemouth, who are second, and four points behind um, Fulham, who are top. They've only won two of their last five as well. They've had quite a lot of draws, eight draws this season. Only four defeats, though. And nobody's lost less games. So, again, like with with Derby, they're really hard to beat. Drew with Barnsley at the weekend. Beat Coventry, beat Reading in the games before that. They are formidable. They are a formidable team. They do need a goal scorer. Carlin Grant is their top scorer this season. He's got seven in 15 games. Alex Mowat has three. Matt Phillips has three. Callum Robinson has three. A couple of defenders on two. They could do with adding another goal scorer in the January window. If they could do that, I think they'd be potentially the favourites to come back up. And then Fulham, they're currently top of the pile. Marco Silva took over in the summer from Scotty Twocoats. And like I said, they haven't won in their last uh, five games. Oh, they said they've won one of their last five, but at the same time, they haven't lost any of them. 
and they are currently on a 11 game unbeaten run. They've only lost three all season. They lost to Blackpool, they lost to Reading, and they lost to Coventry, who are flying this season, doing really well. Uh, have spent much of the season in the the playoff spots. They've dropped a little bit recently down to eighth after a run themselves of no wins in five. But the championship's really, really competitive this year. Mitrovic is in unbelievable form. Uh, 21 goals in 18 games so far that he's played in the championship. Uh, they could do with a couple of others stepping up. Harry Wilson's got six goals for them. Cabano and Carvalho, the young kid Carvalho, they've both got four. They could do with a couple of others stepping up and providing a few more goals. They could probably do with the Carvalho thing playing out one way or another with his contract situation. But there's good players in that squad. Now, it's the usual thing. Fulham in the championship, Dennis Adoy, Tim Ream, these guys are playing regularly. When they come into the Premier League, they won't be good enough to play, but you know they can only use what they have at the moment. Uh, Tosin is doing well. He's, he's, he's in good form. Anthony Robinson doing well. Both of them will be in the Premier League next season, regardless of whether Fulham will come with them. There's some quality players in the squad. Good to see Josh Onema playing more this year. Obviously missed most of last season with injury, but there's good players in that Fulham squad. They've got Zambo out on loan, so if they do come back up, they could technically bring him back if he's open to it. Um, but knowing the cans, they'll just sign a bunch more players on loan and do it really, really late and not give the manager enough time to, to mould the team. Um, right, that is where they stand. Fulham top, West Brom in fourth, and Sheffield United in 11th. I think there's a good chance we see potentially two of them back in the Premier League next season. Uh, we will take our break. When we come back, Going to go through the Premier League teams that have big decisions to make over players who are out of contract in the summer. And those decisions will have to be made in January. Do you sell? Do you try and extend? Or do you just run the contract out? So we'll run through the 20 teams when we come back. Right, welcome back. So, I did want to go through the 20 Premier League clubs and have a look at the players out of contract in the summer of 2022 and see what they should or shouldn't do regarding these players. So, we'll start, we'll go alphabetically, we'll start with Arsenal. Arsenal have five players whose contracts are up next summer. Alex Lacazette, Callum Chambers, Eddie Nketiah, Mohamed Elneny, and Saeed Klasnach. So, Klasnach, you just let go. You just let him see out his contract and send him on his merry way. Elneny can be a decent squad player, and if he was willing to do a two-year contract, he'd be worth keeping around as a squad player. If the wages aren't obscene, which I don't think they would be, I think Elneny is an energy guy off the bench, can play in the Cups, decent pro, I think he could be one to keep. He will turn 30 in the summer. 
you're not going to have any real value for him in January in terms of trying to sell him. So I think you probably look to to keep him on a, a two-year contract. Eddie Nketia is 22. He'll turn 23 before next summer. I think you've got to try and find a buyer for him in January. He's been fairly clear that he doesn't think there's a path for him at Arsenal. He hasn't really developed the way Arsenal had hoped. He's still very talented. And I still think he can score goals in this division. And I think there'll be interest in him. I think Norwich would have interest. I think Brighton might have interest. I could see Newcastle having interest as a partner for for Callum Wilson or somebody to come off the bench and be a goal threat late on. So I think you try and sell him in January. Callum Chambers will turn 27 in January. It's never really worked for Callum Chambers since joining from Southampton. He's sort of stuck between being a right-back and a centre-back. He's not quite good enough on the ball to be a right-back. He's a decent ball-playing centre-back, but he's not quite good enough defensively. His ideal position, right side of a back three. You don't play a back three. There are clubs in the league that do. I think maybe you could find a buyer for him. I think there's probably a couple of clubs out there that would look at him as a good squad option. He's still only young, well, youngish, 27. It, you know, it's young compared to me. Um, so I think you probably have to try and find a buyer for him in the January market. If you can get six to eight million, I think you're, you're doing well. Eight to 10 million, maybe for Enketia. And that kind of money you can reinvest in your team. Lacazette. You're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. I don't think they should extend him because I don't think he warrants an extension and he turns 31 before the summer. But you can't let him go in January because he's too important to you right now. So unfortunately for Arsenal, I think they have to eat this one. I think they have to let him run down his contract while playing him and let him leave in the summer. I don't think you want to give a 31-year-old Lacazette a new deal. You've seen what happened with Aubameyang's contract. We saw what happened with the Osel contract. We saw what happened when you brought in Willian. Don't give him a new contract. Let him leave in the summer. Let him go and get old on someone else's payroll. So keep Lacazette till the summer. Then let him leave. Sell Chambers. Sell Enketia. I think try and do a short-term two-year deal with El Nenny. Keep Kalasnic and, again, let him leave in the summer. Uh, moving on, then, Aston Villa. So they've got Axel Tunzabian on loan. So, obviously, he's due to go back in the summer. I would try and keep him if I were them. He's just turned 24. I think he's a decent third or fourth centre-back in the Premier League at their level. So, I think that's worth doing. Courtney House... He's 26. He'll turn 27 next summer. They do have a club option on him. I would activate that club option, keep him for another year, and then probably let him go. I don't know that I'd be rushing to give him a new contract. I think I'd just activate that club option. Uh, Ashley Young will turn 37 next summer. Depending on where his fitness is, he might be worth keeping around. He brings leadership. He's got good tactical understanding. He's got versatility, so he can be used in a bunch of different positions. He seems to have earned Gerrard's trust early on. 
Maybe you move him into a player-coach role. But I think Ashley Young is worth keeping around. Seems to have a good rapport with a lot of the young players. I think a lot of the young players will have grown up when Young was at Villa before he went to United. They'll have seen him when they were kids. And I think he has a you know quite a bit of of credibility with those younger players. So yeah, I would say you keep hold of Ashley Young if he wants to keep playing. You give him a, an extra one year deal. Uh, on to Brentford, Pontus Janssen. They have a club option on him. He turns thirty one. You activate the club option, and then you see what he wants to do. There's been rumours that other clubs are interested in him. If he does come looking for a move, fair enough. You'd have to replace him, but I don't think that's the biggest thing in the world. But I do think you do activate the one-year deal and certainly keep him if you can up to 2023. Alvaro Fernandez in on loan. It's a wait and see with him. He's only played a handful of games. They're going to be relying on him while David Ray is out. So for now, I think you just stick with what, what you have there. And come the end of the season, you have that option to buy. If he's been good enough, I think, yeah, you buy him. It won't be expensive. If not, let him go. Find someone else. Uh, Zanka, he's a year older than Janssen. But again, they have a club option. So again, I think you activate that club option. You keep him. Even if he's your fourth or fifth or sixth centre-back, he's worth keeping. He brings leadership. He brings experience. Similar to Janssen. Dominant in the air. Can play the three different positions across the back line. I think Zank is worth keeping. Uh, Julian Genevieve, I would be letting him go in the summer. I don't think he's Premier League caliber. I think he'll go and have a, you know, finish out the rest of his career somewhere else, but I don't think he's Premier League caliber. Dominic Thompson is 21, young left back. I think you try and get an extension done there. Even if he's just squad depth, I think you try and get the extension done there. So club options on Janssen and Zanka. Wait and see on Alvarez. Resign Thompson and let Yenvir go. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. Pascal Grouse. He'll be 31 next summer. He's become less and less of a, an impact player. Bit of a passenger at times. If he was willing to do a short-term deal, an extra year, even two years, then I think he'd be worth worth doing on a short-term deal. If he's looking for three or four, say no, let him go. Danny Welbeck is 31. He's always injured. He's not very good. Let Danny Welbeck leave at the end of his contract. Uh, Jürgen Lukadia, it just has never worked for him at Brighton, unfortunately. He spent a lot of money on him. I think you would go in January and try and recoup something, even if it's a million quid, and just get him out the door. Uh, Tudor Baluta, don't know enough about him. 22-year-old, 23 before the summer starts. Might be worth keeping around as a bit of depth for cups and whatever else, but he hasn't made any kind of impact at this point. So maybe not good enough. Maybe not good enough. Might be one to move on. Uh, Burnley always have some players running out of contract, and this summer they've got loads of them. So James Tarkovsky is the big one. I would look to sell him in January. I know where you are in the league. I know it's difficult, but I think you have to look to sell him. I don't think Burnley can afford to allow a player of his calibre to leave on a free because, let's be fair, the owners don't put in enough money 
to help Dyche. I think you might have, if if you can find a replacement in January, uh, Worrell, Joe Worrell from Knott's Forest is the one that Dyche has wanted for a couple of years. If he can get a deal in place for him, then I would sell Tarkovsky and, and, and move on. Uh, ben Me, it's a club option for another year. You do the option. You do the option, or it could be, is it a him option for another year? Maybe it's a player option for a further year. Uh, I think Ben Me at, at 32 is more valuable to the club than Tarkovsky in terms of leadership, in terms of what he brings off the pitch and his organisation. So I'd definitely be trying to convince him to, to take up that, that year that he has or offering him a two-year deal. I think, Ben, me, you've got to try and keep around, especially if you're letting Tarkovsky go. You can't afford for both of them to leave. Uh, Jack Cork has a mutual option for an extra year. He will turn 33 next summer. He's still a decent Premier League player. I think the club would do well to say, yes, we'll take our option. I think he'd be more than happy to stay because I don't know that he'll get another Premier League move and I don't know that he'll want to drop down the divisions just yet. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, I think it's time to move him on. He'll turn 33 in the summer. He doesn't have much of an impact anymore. I, I think it's time to say goodbye. Same for Ashley Barnes. Again, he's just turned 32, but he's becoming more and more injury prone. And I think he, he might be just one to say goodbye to. Mattia Vidra will turn 30 before the summer. This is an old squad when you look through it. And I think you want to keep him. If you can get him to stay on a two-year contract, I think you keep Mattia Vidra. Uh, Dale Stevens, you let go. He'll be 33 in the summer. Eric Peters turns 34 next summer. You, you need a backup left back if you're letting him go. If you can't get a backup left back, I think you've got to give him an extra year. Aaron Lennon is 34. He'll be 35 in April. It's time. It's time to say goodbye to Aaron, Len Aaron Lennon. And Phil Bardsley is 37 next summer. Can't run anymore. It is definitely time to move on from Phil Bardsley. No disrespect, man, but uh, you're no longer a Premier League calibre player. Uh, Chelsea. So Saul is in on loan. I don't think they'll take up the option. He hasn't done well so far. I think if he goes back to Atleti, he'll get back in the team. Otherwise, he'll have teams lining up to sign him. Um, Antonio Rudiger is an interesting one. Obviously, he's been very good for Chelsea in the three. Can't play in the back two, so he limits what you do with him. He wants a ridiculous amount of money. If he's adamant that he wants any more than 200 grand a week, just say goodbye to him. You've got the money to go and buy who you want. Don't pay him any more than 200 grand a week. I wouldn't even pay him 150 grand a week personally, but rumors are he wants 400. He's not worth anywhere close to it. Move him on. Andreas Christensen, I think he's better than Rudiger. He can play in a two. I think you get him done. He can also play central or right in the three. So he's got more versatility. I think you get the Christensen one done. Aspilicueta, it depends on how many years he wants. He'll turn 33 in the summer, but I think I'd happily do two years for him. I think you keep him round. He brings leadership. He brings high IQ. All the players respect him. He's been around and won everything. I think you keep him. Uh, Lewis Baker, it's time to move on. He is 26. 
let the lad go and have a career. Same for Charlie Masanda. He's 25. Let him go and have a career. Thiago Silva is tw- is 37. And I-, I saw something yesterday where somebody was claiming he was the best defender in the Premier League. Let's be fair. He's not even the best defender at Chelsea or anywhere close to it. Like this idea that he's been brilliant defensively just... It's not true. There's no truth to, to the idea that Thiago Silva has been brilliant defensively. And it's worth noting that Chelsea's defensive record when he doesn't play is better than the record when he does play. So, you know, good, not great. He's a good defender now. He's not a great defender. Um, I think you move him on. I think you move him on. He can't play in a two either. Crystal Palace, they've got a bunch of decisions to make, as they did last season. Some of them they kind of rolled over into this season with, with one-year add-ons. Connor Gallagher's in on loan. I would try everything to keep him. Try everything to keep him. Whether it's another loan, whether you can get him bought, I don't care. Try and get him done. Uh, Jeff Schlupp turns 29 in a couple of days. Uh, he'll be 29 on Thursday, so early happy birthday to Jeff. Um, I would try and keep him. I think he brings versatility, can play either wing. He can play as an eight. He's played left back. I would try and keep Jeff Schlupp. Jordan Ayew is 30. I think it, a two-year extension would be about right for him. He He's not a great player, but he's decent. And he'll give you six out of ten pretty much every week. He works really hard. He's got versatility. He seems to have a good relationship with Zaha. I think he's worth keeping. Um, Mateta, it, it hasn't worked for him. They've got an option to buy. Send him on down the road. He's not for you. Czech Coyote, it's his birthday today. He is 32 today, so happy birthday to him. I would try and keep him. I think he gives you depth in midfield and at centre-back. Even though you need to upgrade your midfield, that's where he becomes a good depth piece. I think you try and keep Coyate. Two-year deal. I don't think you'll regret it. I think he's a, an important part of that squad. Um, Nathaniel Klein is 31 in April. He's currently the backup right back in large part because Nathan Ferguson has been injured. They need a, a back. They need a starting right back anyway. And if, if Ferguson can be the backup, then I would let Klein go and I'd also move on from Joel Ward. But yeah, I think you let Klein go. Uh, James Tompkins will be 33 in March. He'd probably do another one-year deal. I, I'd probably do another one-year deal with him. James MacArthur recently turned 34. I, I would do a one-year deal with him. I think he's of great value to them in midfield. Not necessarily having to start games, but I think he's a good mentor for others. He's very switched on from a tactical point of view. Brings organisation and calmness to the middle of the park. I think he's worth keeping as a squad player for, for some depth, along with Coyate. Martin Kelly will be 32 in April. He's been ravaged by injuries. I think it might be time to move him on. And it may be time for him to hang his boots up. Um, Yaroslav Yak, let him go. That doesn't need to be discussed. Let him leave. Um, Everton, John Joe Kenny, 24. He'll be 25 in March. He hasn't developed. 
it's a shame. He looked a talented player when he was young, but it hasn't worked for him. So time to move him on. Uh, Fabian Delph, 32, could be worth keeping on a one-year extension. If he's willing to do one year, I would keep Delph. Bit of leadership, bit of experience, and he can tell you about the basics of football. Uh, Chenk Tucson, move him on. Gilfy Sigurdsson, move him on for multiple reasons. Andy Lonergan is 38. He'll be 39 next season. If he's willing to stay as a training goalkeeper, absolutely keep him for another year. Asmir Begovic turns 35 next summer. Hasn't been good in about 10 years. Let him leave. Do not take up that option. Club, uh, Both parties have an option. I think they both have to agree to it. Um, I, I wouldn't keep be keeping Asmir Begovic. Uh, Leeds have only two. Uh, Adam Forshaw, who's 30... Valuable squad player. He is a championship caliber player, though. So I'd probably move him on. And Liam McCarron, the young left back, I think you try and keep him. Um, he's only 20. You've got plenty of time to develop him. You've got a load of young players in your squad to develop. I think you keep him um, and see how you get on with developing him. For Leicester, Adam Ola Luckman's in on loan. They've got an option to buy. I think he's done okay. He hasn't been great, but they haven't been great. Uh, I like Luckman. I think he's a talented player. Depending on the fee, I'd probably try and keep him. Daniel Amarty is 27 today, so happy birthday to him. He's got some versatility, can play as a holding midfielder, can play as a centre-back in a three. You'd probably like to keep him around. Seems like a positive energy kind of player as well so you probably keep him around give him two years see what he thinks and um yeah i wouldn't be rushing to move him move him out just yet not just yet liverpool uh divok origi there's a performance option on his con he's not out of contract that's wrong he's not out of contract so he shouldn't be there uh james milner your time has come it is time to move on down the road. Go wherever it is you want to go. But Liverpool should not be entertaining the idea of keeping Milner beyond this season. Lorry's Carrius, definitely it's time to go. He'll probably be released in January. We'll let move on a free in January. And Adrian, again, if he's like Lonergan at Everton, if he's willing to stay as a training ground goalkeeper, why not? Why not? As long as he's never playing, keep him around. Seems like a guy who's a good personality. The teammates seem to like him. Keep him for the training sessions. It'll allow it less reps on Allison. Uh, Manchester City, they're in a similar position with Scott Carson. Again, keep him. Keep him for that purpose. Let him let him be your training goalkeeper. Let him take part in all the shooting drills and different things like that and save Ederson. Uh, Fernandinho is an interesting one. Now, he'll be 37 in May he can still play a bit so he's he's not a he's not a liability when he when he gets on the pitch uh, I'd be inclined to try and keep Fernandinho for another year if, if for nothing else than to stop the consistent drain of leadership out the door like you look at every summer City have lost somebody who's been vitally important to their great success over the last decade he's the last remaining one of the original core five 
comp, uh, company, Yaya, Silva, Aguero, and it was him. He's the last one left. I think you keep him around. And I will say this. When he goes, he needs a statue. And Yaya needs a statue. All five of them have been incredibly vital to City. And he was the one who did all of the dog work in midfield and allowed Yaya to be great. So make sure he gets taken care of. Uh, Manchester United. Paul Pogba. They've backed themselves into a corner. There's no way they can give him a new contract. He hasn't earned it. He's not worth it. You probably try and find a buyer in, the, in January. I don't think you will find one. So I think you move him on. Uh, Jesse Lingard just turned 29. Doesn't seem to have any real ambition to play a whole lot of football. I think you just move him on. Try and sell him in January if you can. But other than that, let him go in the summer. Uh, Cavani, he'll be 35 in February. You move him on. He's he's injured too often. If he was a couple of years younger and less injury prone, I'd want to keep him, but he's not. So on he goes. Uh, Juan Mata will turn 34 in April. It is time for Juan Mata to, to move on. Uh, Tahit Chong, they've got a club option on him. 22-year-old winger. I think it's time to sell him. Exercise the option and sell him. Uh, you're never going to give him the opportunity to play. He hasn't developed the way he was expected to. When he was 16, 17, they were talking about him as the next big thing. Hasn't happened. But he'll still go and have a good career. And Lee Grant falls into the same basket as your Andy Lonergan's, your Adrian's, your Scott Carson's. If he wants to stick around and be a training ground goalkeeper, knowing he'll never play, you do that. Um, he helps your quota as well. Uh, Newcastle, Sean, Long, Sean Longstaff, 24, hasn't kicked on the last couple of years, badly managed by Bruce. Eddie Howe doesn't seem to rate him all that highly. I'd try and sell him in January. I'd hate to lose him on a free, but New, Newcastle don't have money worries. I'd love to see him in Burnley's midfield. I think he is a very Burnley midfielder. Intelligent player, neat and tidy, good passing range, doesn't make too many mistakes. I think Sean Longstaff would do well under Sean Dyche. Um, if I'm Newcastle, I'd try and sell him. If you could maybe... Look, Newcastle need a centre-back. Tarkovsky's at a contract. Why not try and package Longstaff plus cash to get Tarkovsky? Burnley can then use the cash to go and buy whoever they want, whatever centre-back they want. If it was 18 million and, and Longstaff, 15 million and Longstaff, and Burnley could turn around and give that money to Nottingham Forest for Joe Worrell, that's a deal that works for everybody. Well, it doesn't really work for Forrest, but you know, you've know you got Scott McKenna there who can step in, so you're fine. Um, yeah, I think, I think Longstaff, I think it's, he needs to move on. He needs to move on. Fabian Schaar, they should absolutely look to keep. Even if he's your... Oh, his birthday yesterday turned 30, so happy birthday to him. Um, even if he's your fifth centre-back, I think he's valuable. But I, I think he could be a good third centre-back. You need two starters. Him is your third. Lachelle's your fourth. Fernandez is your fifth. You're, that, that's fine. Uh, Paul Dummett, say goodbye. Move him on down the road. He hasn't been good enough to play in the Premier League at any stage. Uh, Norwich. Todd Cantwell, 
he has an option for the year. I don't think he's going to take it up. I don't think he's going to take it up. So, I think he's gone. I I wouldn't be against looking to sell him in January. I think you'll find a buyer. I think you'll find someone that'll see value in him. Timo Pukki's in the same position. He's got an option. I think he will take it up. I think you could do a couple of year deal with Pukki. He'll turn 32 in March. He doesn't rely on pace or anything like that. You know he's a good championship player, so he's valuable to have when you go down. I think you keep Timo Pukki. Lucas Rupp, he's a decent player. He'd probably be worth keeping on a short-term deal. He'll turn 31 in January, but he's got plenty of championship experience. I think you try and hang on to him. Uh, Brandon Williams is in on loan. They won't have an option to keep him. United, I don't think we'll sell him. Um, he's a good player. He's not first choice for Norwich, but I, I don't think he'll be staying anyway. Uh, Billy Gilmore, they, they have no option on, and if they go down, Chelsea won't let him stay there. He's playing more, obviously, under Dean Smith than he did uh, towards the end of Daniel Farker's range, but um, I think he's gone one way or another. Matthias Norman, I would try and keep whether you go down or not. If you go down, I, like I just think Matthias Norman's a good player who's been good for them. They've got an option to buy on him. I would try and keep him. Ozan Quebec, I think if they stay up, they're obligated to buy him. Um, even if they go down, if they have the money, I would try and buy him. I think he's at 21, turning 22 in March. He's a, a baby for a centre-back. And he's already got a lot of experience. I think he just needs to settle somewhere for a couple of years. Find a manager that will really back him. I think he's going to be a really good centre-back. I genuinely do. He lacks a little bit of short-distance pace. But he's dominant in the air. He needs to be a little less rash. But what centre-back isn't rash at 21? Every one of them is. John Terry used to volley people up into the stands when they were 50 yards from goal when he was 21. If they go to, if they can get Quebec at a decent price, I'd try and keep him, regardless of what division you're in. Southampton. Jack Stevens turns 28 in January. I'm not a big fan, but he could complete my little merry uh, triangle. Tarkovsky to Newcastle, Worrell to Burnley, Stevens to Nottingham Forest. I think it's the ideal move for him. I genuinely do. I think that's his level. I think he'd be very good at that level. Alex McCarthy, he is 33. He hasn't been particularly good this season. Him and Fraser Forster both out of contracts. I would try and keep one of them as a backup and move the other on. Just let let them leave. I, I would try and keep one of them. It doesn't really matter which. They're they're the same level of player. Uh, Willie Caballero is signed until January fifth. Keep him till the end of the season. He's he's done you a favor. Uh, young Harry Lewis. 24, I think you try and keep him, two-year deal, see if he can develop into, at worst, a backup. I think that's fine. Uh, Shane Long, you, you, you let him go. He'll be 35 in January. You, you let him go. Sam McQueen is 26 in February. He's never 
looked like becoming first choice. Move him on. Uh, Armando Brogia they have on loan. There's no option to buy. But I'd be curious. I'd kick the tyres on trying to buy him. Regardless, I, I would kick the tyres on trying to buy him. I think he is a hugely talented young player. So, yeah, if I was at Hampton, I'd definitely be trying to keep him for the longer term. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Christian Romero, they've got an obligation to buy. They will take up that obligation. That one will get done. Pierluigi Gallini, they've got an option to buy. Thus far, he's shown nothing to suggest they would want to keep him. Uh, so I would be sending him back. And then Hugo Lloris. I think it's time to move on. He'll be 35 on Boxing Day. He has declined. He's still a good goalkeeper, but I think they need better. I think it might be time to let him move on. Let him let him go back to Italy, or to Italy, to France, and you know rejoin Lyon or whoever he wants to go to, and I play at his career there. I, I think it's time to say goodbye to Hugo Lloris because he's going to want multi multiple years on his contract. And do you really want to be paying him huge money at 36, 37, 38? I don't think you do. I think it's time to say goodbye to Hugo Lloris. Watford. Uh, Ozan Tufan, they've got an obligation to buy him if they stay up. Wouldn't be keen on that. Uh, Nicholas Nkolo, um, he's 32 in March. What did he play? A couple of games and got injured. He's past his best. Still a decent defender. Better than what the rest of what they have, but I, I think it's time to send him back. Peter Atibo, he's a good midfield player. He got injured really early in the season. He's going to miss another couple of months. He'd be worth keeping as a squad player. It's, even if you go down, he's worth keeping as a squad player. Tom Cleverley, I, I would say goodbye. I know he's club captain, but he's not very good. Juraj Kuka, I wouldn't keep him in a fit. Uh, Seralta, yeah, 24-year-old centre-back, 25 in, Mar in May. Definitely try and do a couple-of-year extension for him. And Ben Foster, I definitely think you try and keep around. If he wants to keep playing, even if he's just the backup, I think you keep Ben Foster. I think he brings a lot of intangibles to the group. So, yeah, I, I think Ben Foster is one that you definitely want to keep. Um, West Ham, Alphonse Ariola. He's on loan. He turns 29 in February. I would definitely be trying to keep him. I'm not really sure why Moyes hasn't played him more this season because I know they've been playing well, but Fabianski hasn't exactly been brilliant. He's been okay. I'd be trying to keep him. If they don't, someone else is going to snap him up and get a great goalkeeper. Alex Crowell, I definitely think you want to keep him. Very talented midfield player. Will offer quite a bit in rotation for Rice and Suchek. Yarmolenko is 32 now. I think it's time to say goodbye to him. Ben Johnson, 21-year-old right back, good defensively. Can definitely see him having some offers. I reckon Crystal Palace would be very keen on him. I, I definitely think you want to keep him. Give him a long-term contract. Let him know he's part of the future. Albana, it's harsh. He... He's out of contract. He's 33, turns 34 in May. He's just turned, torn his ACL. He'd probably look to do a short term, maybe an extra one year, see how he recovers from the knee injury. He might want more than that. Maybe do a one-and-one, one, a year with a club option. If you hit 15 starts, then, yeah, away we go. 
Uh, Ryan Fredericks, it's time to move him on. Mark Noble, it's time to put him... I was going to say put him down. Um, that would be a bit harsh. Put him out to pasture. Fabianski, I would, I would move on. I would move on at this point. He'll turn 37 in April. It is time for a change. Uh, you've got Ariola, just get him in, get him starting. And uh, David Martin, I would keep him quota training ground goalkeeper. Absolutely fine. Uh, and finally, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Francisco Trinkiao, I would keep. I know he hasn't been brilliant for them, but he's only 21. He turns 22 next week. Super talented. And when Bruno Lage gets to play his 4-2 or 4-2-3-1, then you'll see the best of him. Huang Huang he Chan, I think I would try and keep as well. He's done very well since joining. Uh, only turns 26 in January. Worth keeping for sure. Romain Sice, he's having a decent season. He's had a real bounce back this season. So yeah, I mean, he'd be 32 in March. Two-year deal? I think so. Joe Matinho, 35. Still a little bit of a Rolls-Royce though, isn't he? I think if you can do a one-year extension with him, you do it. Marcal, send him on down the road. And John Ruddy falls into the big basket with all the, you know, the training ground, training ground goalkeepers. You need to buy a starter. Jose Sa is not it. I know he's having a good season, but he's not it. Fine as the backup. Go and buy a real goalkeeper. John Ruddy can be your training ground keeper. He can play in cups or sit in the bench in cups, whatever. Um, and he's good for the quota, so you keep hold of him. And that's it. That is all 20 teams um, and what I would do anyway with those players. We'll wrap up with the gossip and be done for the day. Newcastle are keen to bolster their attacking options with Anthony Martial and Ed and Jekyll on the shortlist. This was in yesterday's as well. Um, they're not going to get either of them. Uh, Jekyll's starting for Inter Milan. Um, Manchester United are close to bringing Bubakar Kamara to Old Trafford for what would be Ralph Ranić's first signing as interim manager. I I really don't think so. I really don't think so. If this has come from 442, who cite widespread reports. I haven't seen widespread reports but this at all. Um, at all. So, I, I'm not sure. Where the, I don't think there's any truth in that, to be honest. Be good signing for them. Don't get me wrong. Um, Manchester United have joined the race to sign Julian Alvarez from River Plate. Okay. Real Madrid are in talks with Antonio Rudiger in a bid to sign him on a free. Uh, him and Alaba in the back, too, would be hilariously bad. Hilariously bad. Like, they already have a better centre-back in Edward uh, Militao, so I don't know why they'd want him. Everton have agreed a £17 million deal for Vitaly Michalenko. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a good player. I think he's more naturally a left-sided centre-back in the three, but he's a good defensive left-back. Um, and it will allow them to sell Dini and potentially make substantial money. Everton could be offered Juventus and Brazil midfielder Arthur in part of a deal to take Dina to Juventus. There are other Juventus players I think they'd be better off looking at, but that wouldn't be a bad one. 
Arsenal are eyeing a move for the, the same thing we see every day. Um, Newcastle and West Ham are monitoring the situation of Deli Alley. Newcastle would be an awful move for him, and he wouldn't start for West Ham, so he should avoid both. Um, Bayern Munich and France winger Kingsley Coleman, who's a target for Liverpool and Manchester United, is negotiating a new contract with the Bundesliga champions. Fair. Fair. Uh, Newcastle have offered Leon attacking midfielder Luis Paqueta £181,457 per week to move to St. James's, but the Brazilian has turned down the move. So this is just typical spoofer journalism. Report something that you claim has already happened and won't actually happen because the player turned it down. Um, not a hope that Newcastle offer Lewis quite the 200 grand a week. The Magpies are also interested in Musa Dembele with Leon open to selling the 25-year-old. He would be perfect for Brighton. He is the perfect striker for Brighton. He's a great finisher. Uh, Erling Haaland's agent has denied claims that he has a pre-agreement with Real Madrid. Um, who knows with Mina Riola? Who knows? The, the fella is mental. The transfer of Gremio fullback Vanderson to Brentford is on the verge of collapse after Monaco stepped in with a 12 million euro bid for the 20-year-old Brazilian. Barcelona have agreed personal terms at Ferran Torres, but have not yet finalised a deal for the Spanish forward at Manchester City. That's from the spoofer with the catchphrase, so likely garbage. West Ham have made an approach for Ruben Kazan and Georgia Ford. Uh, I can't even begin to pronounce that for his name. I know the player. I've seen him play. He's really good. He's a really good dribbler. But he's a, he's a winger, not a, not a forward. Um, it would make sense for West Ham. They could do a bit more depth in those areas. That's for sure. Especially if they're going to let Yarmolenko go. Uh, Aston Villa have made an offer for Liverpool and England defender Joe Gomez. No, they haven't. And Juventus are eyeing a move for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Mauro Icardi or Edinson Cavani in January. Um, Cavani's the one who will cause you the less hassle, the least hassle, but he's also the one who's injured all the time. Icardi's the best of the three, but he brings probably the most hassle. Aubameyang will want the most money and he isn't very good anymore. Uh, but might do well in Serie A, to be fair. To be fair. But I, Juventus should really not be looking at any of these. Should be looking at a young striker. Get some young players in. Rebuild your team. You've got, you know, you've got promising young centre-backs. So you insisted on selling Romero and the and Demerel, which is just stupidity. Um, you've got a good core of young midfielders. Rabio, Artur, Bentoncourt. Locatelli McKenney, that should be your five man midfield unit. You've got Kulusevsky and you've got Chiesa as wide options. You need a, a young number nine, someone that will score you goals, Darwin Nunes or somebody like that. You, you now need one centre back because you let Demerel and Romero go. Imagine letting Romero go. Mind blowing stupidity. Um, and the same guy that let him go then brought him to Spurs, which is just even better. You need two fullbacks and you need a goalkeeper. 
But you don't need Aubameyang, you don't need Cavani, you don't need maybe a Cardi. A Cardi's only twenty eight, but he like just a circus around that fella. Uh, that is me for today, folks. I will leave it there, and I will speak to you all tomorrow. Enjoy those two Carabao Cup semi-finals tonight, and uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye bye. Podcast Network.